Welcome to the Queens of Moxie. I'm Mary Kay Campbell, the host of this program, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Every week, we bring amazing women to our podcast to talk about how they have stepped into joy and reclaimed their moxie and are living their authentic life. I want to get started, but before we do, I want to remind you to subscribe to the weekly email. Simply go to queensofmoxie.com and click on weekly inspiration. That way, every Monday morning, you'll get a link to the latest podcast, a beautiful image, and a fabulous quote. It's a great way to start out your week. So let's get started with today's podcast. Welcome to the Queens of Moxie. And today we have someone who I have been following, honestly, for a very long time. Uh, She presented at the TomTom Festival, which is a festival here in Charlottesville. I don't know maybe 10 years ago. It's been a long time. Um, and I've just continued to watch her business and, and and what she's doing. And so I'm very, very excited today to have Dr. Casey Kerrigan. And she has got like just the most amazing background, y'all. So she got her bachelor's in biology from the University of Chicago. Then she just went to Harvard to get her medical degree, just, just Harvard. And then she went to UCLA at the same time, you know, to, to get her master's um, in kinesiology. I don't know if I said that right. Um, basically physical medicine. And so she has her bachelor's, her master's and her P or her doctorate, excuse me, medical doctorate. Um, and th- over 13 years ago, she co-started or co-owner of Osh Shoes. And what I love about this is that she, um, and we're going to get into this, but she as a physician saw the way gait and, and movement impacted women and wanted to do something specific about that. So we're going to talk about that. But just also so you know, she uh, was the professor and chair of physical medicine and rehab at the University of Virginia. She was also a professor of sports medicine. And something we're going to talk about in a little bit is in addition to that, she was the, a professor of mechanical and aerospace engineering. Um, not sure how those connect. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. Uh, she has three kids. Uh, they are grown pretty much mostly a 26 year old who is a writer and, oh, you know, just went to Oxford. Uh, and is working on their first novel. The second one uh, went to Yale and uh, moved here recently to Charlottesville. And then the youngest, Zoe, is doing a gap year right now and traveling the world because, you know, everybody wants to do that. (laughs) I'm like, you live in my dream, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, Casey, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, likewise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk, let's, let's go back, you know, 15 years or so ago, you know, you're working in, in the medical profession, and you're, you're working in um, physical medicine and, and rehab and things like that. And and what were the things that you saw that, that kind of sparked the whole idea for Oh Shoes? So yeah, in addition to doing the clinical stuff, I was always doing research. So I, I had a laboratory, we called a gate laboratory, the study of walking and running. Mm -hmm. Um, And so since I guess, even in residency, I, uh, at UCLA and part of getting the kinesiology, I was just fascinated with the act of walking and running. And I just, I, like, we knew how the heart works, you know, cardiology, you know, the, uh, when the muscle comes on, all that kind of stuff. But we had like no idea about like, 
why muscles come on when they do and the whole biomechanics of walking and running. No one did. It was just, and it was kind of like fascinating. Why do we, you know, we can just see that. Yeah. So, um, so I, so I started building these, these, these high-tech laboratories <laughs> that had cameras around a room and force plates embedded in the ground where we could measure the, um, the forces about each of the joints and measure the muscle activity. So we could really finally, for the first time, understand just the basic physiology of, of walking and running. So that was in the late nineties. And then in the two thousands, um, uh, you know, I just did one study after another of, of walking, running in, uh, uh, I, I guess, non-disabled subject, people with every type of, uh, uh, condition, spinal cord injury, cerebral palsy, traumatic brain injury, and um, arthritis, osteoarthritis. So, you know, osteoarthritis and knee arthritis in particular causes more physical disability than any other disability, um, which is, you know, because people just live with it. And yes. It's, and it's, um, but it's, in, it's, it's incredibly disabling. It, you know, if you can't get around on your, you know, on your legs, you, you don't, you're not as active, um, right. and get, you know, deconditioning and there's, um, you know, and then heart disease from that. So healthy knees is like, so I've been sort of, that's, that's my whole thing is like, I'm on this planet as a physician to help prevent knee arthritis. I believe I have a real understanding of what contributes to it. And insofar as that is, I've found that footwear is probably the, the most significant factor um, yeah. disposing to knee arthritis. So I discovered um, yeah, years ago that high heel shoes <laughs> increase the loads where we get knee arthritis and may explain why women have twice as much knee arthritis compared to men. At the time, I felt like, you know, it was high heel shoes. Like, you know, the, all my articles were in like, you know, I was on 2020, you know, it was like all the news. It's like, the, you know, trivia questions are based on that research paper I did way back then. But what I found out later was it's not just high heel shoes. It's interestingly, all women's shoes, basically, including the most sophisticated athletic shoes. And that's when it started getting very like, whoa, you know, yeah. um, that it's not just uh, fashion shoes, but, you know, so-called health shoes, comfort shoes, shoes that were being marketed kind of as being healthy um, and athletic shoes that are doing actually all the wrong things. So I, I can kind of sum it all up as you sort of think about it, like you you take a, a shoe and, 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 and the more support that you put in it, you kind of you think about it as like putting your arm in a cast. And that's fine if you have like some sort of injury, you know, a fracture, but then imagine, you know, somebody telling you, you need to wear that shoe for your entire life yeah. all the time, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So what happens is uh, it, it takes away sort of the natural physiology of, of your foot and the foot does so much right. in, in so far as protecting your joints. So yeah. when you basically just put it, shove it in this, um, one of my colleagues calls it, you know, a, a foot coffin, put it in this sort of foot coffin, you, it, it now the foot now no longer can protect the joints in the body. Um, and so, but you know, it, it, we were actually measuring it. So we, we had like one of the only, you know, capabilities, you know, to actually measure this stuff with our gate lab. So we were measuring this stuff. We were publishing it, I guess, 2009, 2010, I published a paper that, you know, basically your, your basic running shoes 
increase these the impact on your knees um, yeah. by up to fifty percent compared to barefoot. And um, this was like it's like it was like sort of a was it you know the the perfect storm of that research paper um, born to run. This like oh my gosh you know shoes are awful, but. At the same time, I was like, it, shoes aren't awful. Shoes, shoes can be very, you know, very good. One, protecting the bottom of the foot from, you know, stepping on a nail right. and glass and all that kind of stuff. But also that it can actually provide compliance. If you, if you provide a true spring under the shoe, but not interfere with the foot's natural mechanics, you can actually lower the impact of, of the joints. So, um, so I've got to ask you, because you said several things that, you know, kind of blow my mind. So First off, I'm a former gymnast. And so I have shot my knees, you know, like I'm, I'm 50 years old. And when I get up in the morning and I go down the steps, I literally have to hold onto the handrail because my knees hurt, you know, and I have that snap crackle pop constantly when I'm going up and down stairs. So I know I'm, I'm predisposed because of the sport. And then, you know, I, I did gymnastics, diving and cheerleading. I cheered through college. So I did lots of high impact kind of like jostling of my body. Um, I also have very, very flat feet. And so I broke, uh, my foot one time, um, like the, the, this part of my foot, my, my right by my right toe, I don't know, um, in the foot of my, the bed of my foot, um, because I came out of the blocks in sprinter shoes and it, it just broke the, it broke it, a stress fracture. Um, and so then they said, okay, you need to wear orthotics. So I wore orthotics through high school and college. Um, I outgrew them when I had kids. And so I just have been buying shoes that are specifically designed for overpronation to help support that. And, and when I, when COVID first hit, for example, I was walking around barefoot all the time and I got plantar fasciitis and hurt like the Dickens, you know, started wearing my shoes inside really, you know, did the things I needed to do to stretch it. And then like the couple last summer, I think I was walking around without shoes again and got it again. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to wear my shoes. Um, and not anymore, but, uh, up until about my mid forties, I was, I'm five, one. So I was wearing two and three inch heels every day. Um, so like everything you've just said, I'm like, "Mm, okay. Gymnastics destroyed my knees. I've been wearing shoes that have the the arch support in them. And when I go barefoot, I get plantar fasciitis and I wore heels for, uh, you know, 20 years. Uh, so, so tell me now that I'm like the perfect test case of what not to do, tell me why it is that, it, you know, it, it it's totally turning everything I've heard on its ear to, to, to wear things that are, that are flat and not, you know, like, and and you and I talked about this. I didn't buy your shoes for a really long time. I can't wait to get them. Actually, they should be coming any day now because I was scared. I'm like, they're flat. I I can't wear those. It's going to cause problems. So tell me, tell me the science and everything behind that. So there's a couple things. One, just your joints, like irrespective of the conditioning of your feet, um, which we'll talk about that in a second, but you put any kind of support in there, uh, we can measure an increase in the impact immediately. This isn't something like over time. So when you're wearing those high heel shoes, definitely you were causing impact to your knees. And even when, when you were wearing those orthotics, you were applying a lot more stress to your knees where we get arthritis, just wearing those orthotics. So, but now let's talk about the foot. So, and that's the thing is that, so your foot also over time, um, wearing supportive shoes or high heel shoes, whatever, any, uh, anything that's not flat 
you basically have deconditioned the heck out of your foot. Your foot is just like jelly. You know, it does, the plantar fascia normally should be a nice, healthy, you know, tissue, but because it's, it's not allowed to stretch and, and, and even like shoes, like you put like a, um, insert in them that orthotic, it actually cuts up your blood supply. So over time, you're not even getting the right, you know, mm -hmm. amount of blood to that plantar fascia. So you, you have sort of this unhealthy, uh, tissue. So your foot's weak, you're prone to stress fractures, you're, you're, you're prone to plantar fasciitis. And you look at cultures of the world that, you know, that don't wear shoes at all. Like the incidence of plantar fasciitis is about zero, you know, <laughs> and it really is, is, is because it's over time, you have this sort of this, this like disease state of a, a plantar fascia. Um, so it's typical that, yeah, you go barefoot. If you've been wearing, you know, these support shoes all your life, and then you go barefoot, like, yep, plantar fascia is going to happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the good news is, is that, you know, plantar fasciitis, plantar fasciitis does eventually go away for all of you who have plantar fasciitis, just hang in there. It will sort of go away no matter what you do. Um, one and two, you know, I work in a nursing home now that, you know, nobody's in the nursing home because of plantar fasciitis. It all <laughs> it goes away. What we're left with is knee arthritis. That's what you got to be wor sort of worried about. So as far as the feet go, it's kind of like you got to like just sort of condition them. And it's like, a, you know, it, it's sort of like a workout, you know, over time. So, right. you, you know, you're your plantar fascia is a cute flare. It's like, it's, it, it might hurt and you might not, you might not want to go barefoot, you know, or you might even just go barefoot for a little bit, but then, you know, get back into your supportive shoes, you know, for a little bit, just kind of, and then sort of wean out of them. Right. And I feel like it, and it's not something that like weeks, it, it may even take a couple of years, few years. Wow. Uh, but you know what, you know, it's, it's, it's not that difficult because it's not like you have to remember to go to the gym all, you know, every day, it's better just putting on some shoes. So my advice is you, you, you sort of, you kind of ease your feet into it um, as far as the barefoot goes. So, you know, and barefoot of course is flat knowing that that's very difficult for, you know, people, I, I think that's what we I worked on developing in OSH is um, yes, we're perfectly flat. But to develop a, a truly springy material that is very different than walking, you know, barefoot, so that you do have sort of that spring. I mean, I'm all for barefoot, but you, but you got to have you got to have some pretty strong feet to do it, you know. And then and then I guess we go, you know, sort of that extra step of having that spring, which then you know reduces the impact. Regard again, regardless of your foot condition, how regardless of how healthy your feet are. Um, how flat footed you are, how, a high arch, it doesn't matter. You're still, you know, you got that spring is going to reduce the impact on your, on your joints above. So, yeah, so that's kind of the science and it is, it goes, you know, so against what, you know, people have thought for years, you know, and you've got an entire shoe industry, um, you know, all the marketing, everything is all about, you know, how much support it has. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and you see reviews, that's why we can't sell anything, you know, we can't sell on Amazon because it's like, you know, shoes are reviewed by, um, oh, you know, how much support do we have? And since we have zero by definition, <laughs> you, know, right. we, you know, we can't even get out of the block. It's a very, very different, um, uh, concept. Well, and so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I have Birkenstocks and Tevas 
that I wear like all summer long. And then I've got my ASICs that are specifically for overpronation. Um, I, I stopped wearing heels. You'll be good, glad to know like six or eight years ago. Um, so it was probably early forties when I stopped. It, it actually happened because I was cleaning a gutter and I stretched too far and the ladder fell out from under me. Um, and I landed on my, uh, no, 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 no. I was in tennis shoes, but, um, but I landed on the, um, asphalt driveway and because I was a gymnast, I landed and rolled, but I sprained my ankle really badly. And so if I ever wear heels, my inner knee hurts and I do have a muscle imbalance, like my quads are stronger than my hands. And, you know, I know I need to strengthen them. Like I, I, okay. I've been to a lot of physical therapy over my lifetime I know, and, and having been a competitive gymnast and, and cheerleader and stuff, I know my body pretty well and I know what it's doing. Um, but that was like the, the pivotal moment of, okay, I'm no longer going to wear these high heels because it just hurts too much. I'd known for a while that it was really a bad idea. Um, but I've been intentionally buying shoes that are more supportive <laughs> thinking I was doing something that's good. That's good. Right. So, yeah. you yes. know, for people who are listening and they, maybe they've been doing the same kind of thing. And and I also have always bought, not always in, in, mo, you know, a, my, most of my adult life bought quality shoes because I did find that quality shoes are going to, my feet are going to feel better in them, wider toe bed. And, and, you know, but okay. even my flats, there's like there you'd be happy there's no support <laughs> <For my heart. laughs> but um so so are you saying that uh, if if we really truly want to build up that endurance and build up that conditioning for our feet so that they can learn to support themselves is, is what it sounds like mm-hmm. I'm hearing right, right, right. that we would gradually introduce shoes like osh that are going to be built specifically to provide that springy platform for our feet that are going to allow them to really, you know, if I think about, you know, when I was doing physical therapy for my, my TBI, I was doing balance things when, you know, you're, you're using all aspects of your feet, you know, and your body, especially when you're closing your eyes, right. That was super fun. Um, especially like, and then I would do the, the BOSI ball where, you know, it's like the half ball and you stand on it and you close your eyes and you have to like take a medicine ball around clockwise and, yeah. I mean, you know, my whole foot was going, <laughs> <laughs> let me balance here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So is that the best approach for, for women listening yeah, to well, gradually? Yeah. Right. So like, um, oh gosh, we've been talking about support, you know, being increasing the impact on, on your joints, but also just sort of the, ugh, the, the, the so obvious things, um, is having a narrow toe box. Okay. So, um, that, you know, all shoes, I have no idea. Well, no, I do have an idea um, that's like really out there uh, and crazy. Um, why shoes have always had a, you know, uh, been pointy and and not provide enough uh, room for your toes. And so that, of course, contributes, it, that increases the, 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 the loads on, on your joints, but it also weakens your foot, deforms the foot, doesn't allow the, again, you know, isn't allow the plantar fascia to stretch and contract like it should, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, so shoes that have a nice wide toe box 
are good. So your Birkenstocks or your Tevas sandals, of course, obviously, you know, they're great. They, they, they are not confining your, your, uh, your toes. Um, that's separate than the, than the support that, you know, unfortunately the Tevas and Birkenstocks and really I, I, nothing against those shoes. It's just, that's just like general construction of shoes is to have all of this kind of support or contouring un under the foot. So you're I ideally you want something that's that's flat, springy, but also allows lots of room for the foot to do what it's going to do. So you know all that stuff you're doing on the balance ball with your with your toes, you can you you can actually do that in inside your shoe. So I love the fact that oh shoes are environmentally conscious they're made right here in central virginia and they're custom made to order so tell us how you like how you develop this i love the fact that you're using i mean it's not new technology now but when you started it was fairly new technology yeah yeah um yeah when we started uh what did not exist and now uh, those printers um they, that's what makes our shoes. So when we first started, that those they, they did not exist. We basically had to not just build them ourselves, but invent them <laughs> to to be able to make the you know make the the springy material. So I had in my head what you know what this material was, but the technology quite didn't didn't exist. That's where all the the engineering came uh, it came in handy. I was I was I was a professor in engineering because of the gate laboratory stuff and measuring stuff in 3D and the forces and all that kind of stuff. So I've always had a lot in the kinesiology background, but I so I've always had a strong mechanical engineering um, bent, I guess, from yeah. like the, the human body. But now it was like, okay, now we actually, you know, straight up mechanical engineering, no bio really in building these machinery and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's what, yeah, we I built a factory first in Charlottesville. And then when, yeah, we just recently moved. It's awesome because we've sort of expanded. We're now make it in this, in these uh, uh, big barns. So it's funny, you know, we, we, I don't want to even call it a factory anymore. It's just a, it's a, it's a barn and, <laughs> and awesome. we have 3d printers and, uh, you know, our energy is from solar. We even collect our rainwater and, um, you know, have a compost toilet and we are, we, I mean, you can't find anything more, <laughs> more sustainable, you know, people like people talk about sustainability, you know, but I mean, we are, I mean, we make all our stuff from these recyclable little pellets and that's it. That creates the, the soul. And then as far as the, um, the upper part, which you'll see when you get your shoes and I'll show a pair is made on uh, this knitting machine. And it just has like a bunch of needles that go back and forth. But um, this is the same type of uh, machine that they have in China that makes, you know, all of, you know, Nike's fly knit yeah. uh, uppers. Um, and, you know, so many shoes are made now with knitting machines, but unfortunately it's all done overseas. And we said, well, right. we're, we're going to do this right here. Yeah. So, so we, we do here, I mean, the programming is complex. So we spend a lot of time on the programs um, and as we do with the, the 3d printing, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, we probably have one of the only knitting machines, probably in Virginia. <laughs> so um, the bottom part's made from recyclable plastic pellets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the top the is knit with 
yarn or get in the thread. US. Yeah. So everything, I mean, so basically everything's either is made from yarn and pellets. That's the raw materials. So it's it's not like we're assembled, you know, you know, we get right. get everything no. assemble. I mean, everything, everything is is right here local. Um, which is really fun because it's as sustainable as can be. Um, and you know, one of the things when I sort of had this idea of making shoes, you know, I, I, that involved, okay, you know, going to China a lot, making a shoe is the most toxic thing there possibly could be. And it doesn't matter if you're using, you know, recycled or natural materials, whatever, it's really the manufacturing process that is so toxic. Mm-hmm. And it's um, just bonding things together um, and, and involves these, you know, toxic primers, heat tunnels, these factory workers painting this glue on. It's just, it is really, really awful and wasteful because you typically make, you know, gobs of shoes and um, a lot of them won't sell or they sit on shelves or they're, oh. you know, in the waste. It, it's just, it's incredible. So that's another really great thing is, you know, we make on demand, everything is, you know, there, there really, there really is no waste. Yeah. So it's, it's fun doing that. Um, but, you know, it's been a process. I mean, it took a long time to sort of, to get to where we are figuring out the 3d printers is, was, was, was the main thing. And then for knitting to come along, um, knitting, people weren't really knitting until like, I guess, 2015 ish, 2014, 2015 um the uppers and now you know it, it it's great um i think i think knitting because you can you can knit everything sort of three-dimensional right and um uh so everything is done it's it's not we don't use adhesives for anything we make here um we crochet the tops on um so everything is done by the by the knitting machine by the um, and then then she can, you know, just spit out a pair in like a couple minutes. Okay. Whereas printers will take about an hour and a half per pair, but then we have, you know, we got tons of printers, so that's not an issue. Right. Yeah, so the, I really like just labor is crocheting the uppers to the, to the soles. Yeah. And it's about 20 minutes to crochet a pair on. So, um, so I love that, that it's, it's just such a clean, like that's our only sort of manufacturing yeah. kind of, you know, some people who like to crochet find that fun. And, um, and we just think that's just, it's just an awesome way to employ because it's women who are right. going to do that. So it's a great way to employ women who can't maybe find a job or can't work you know, can't go into work, but can do something at home. Yeah. So we were working with the International Rescue Committee. Oh, unfortunately, all before COVID, but, you know, these women couldn't, they had to watch small children or, uh, you know, an elderly parent uh, could do this. It it was, it it was just, it's great. So I love, and now we just have moved to Scottsville and I'm just excited about, you know, the women that we're going to have, you know, there's all, there, there's some of these sort of senior, senior groups. It's just, it, it's a really great way to sort of empower um, women. Yeah. 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 I love it. I mean, you saw this need, you saw the data behind it and why it was important. So you didn't, 3D printers didn't exist. So you created it. 
then you use this recyclable, you know, recycled material, the pellets to create the floor bed. And then the, the weave, you know, the, the, the machine comes along to knit and, and you employ that. And then you employ women to crochet it on and, and, and you're building and everything that you're doing with it is environmentally conscious. I, I mean, it's, it, it's such an amazing testament to, um, to, to what we can do as women. And, um, I recently saw a, um, Ford commercial, I think it was Ford, um, that said it was a, a Ford F-150 or Explorer. I think maybe it was an Explorer designed specifically for men. And, um, and it was, it was, you, you're watching it. You're like, what in the world? Because and then you find out that it doesn't have GPS and it doesn't have side mirrors and it doesn't have seat belts and it doesn't have backup cameras and like all these things because women invented them. And I thought, Oh That's my God. Fantastic. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes and I'll send it to you because, you know, initially I was like, what in the world are they doing? And they released it on, you know, International Women's Day. But I think that sometimes people discount women and what we, you know, what you look at is women see a problem and they figure out how to solve it. Right, right, right. And, and I love, I love that you're doing that. And, and that you, you have this, this idea of we're going to employ these women. We're going to help these women. Um, they help us and we help them. It's fantastic. It really, really is. So how many shoes can you like put out on a, on a regular basis? So, yeah, we can, um, I say, let's shoot. We have, uh, uh, there's 12 printers, I guess, going you know they can go sort of around the clock we but that involves coming over it makes it easy because i can come over from the house over here to turn the printers on so we can't keep them without going all all night but um typically yeah it's like an hour and a half you know per pair um times whatever that 12 is and um and then we we've got in the works you know 12 more printers like in in pieces that are ready to be assembled at, you know, at any time, if, if, if the demand, if the demand gets there. Um, so we have, we have a, we have a really good capacity, you know, cause you think about like the a factory in China, you know, they make, you know, can make 2000 pairs in a day. Well, we can't do that, but, you know, we'll make a, you know, we, we could make, you know, I don't know, 150, 200 pairs if we wanted, you know, but, but most importantly, those 200 pairs would, would, would be on somebody's feet. <laughs> you know, they're not going to, they're not going to waste. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think our, our capabilities are, are, are pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. We're getting, getting a second knitting machine soon. Although that doesn't seem to, you know, like I said, it can, it spits out, you know, matter a couple minutes or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to show you just a, a pair so you can kind of see what we're, yeah. Find, uh, one that's got some color to it so you can see. Yeah. I ordered boring ones. I wanted neutral that could go with anything. <laughs> I know, we have all these fancy colors and everything, yeah. but like, you know, 70% of people want just black, right? <laughs> no, mine, mine are like a, a pearl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like a rose can... color. Oh yeah. I gotta show you. I can yeah. It's probably it's probably one of these. It's it probably. is. I'm so excited yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. So the soul yeah. is uh, 
printed. And it's got, you know, these springs, three 3D printed. You can't really kind of see in the sun, but yeah, it's like, that's what 3D printing can do that typical manufacturing can't is that we can have this intricate spring structure in the, in, in the sole that you, it's, it's impossible to make any other way. So that's, that gives us this incredible spring. Um, and then the, then I'm going to show this shoe because maybe you can see a little bit more. Yeah. So this, so this part is 3d printed. This back piece is also 3d printed. Um, and then this, this part up here is knit on the knitting machine yeah. and it's got this like stretch to it. Yeah. And, um that really kind of holds the foot so the whole design of the of the shoe and you can see of course the wide the wide toe box yeah. um allowing the room for for your for your uh, toes and everything but we also we really in this style we wanted to create something that looked like a high heel shoe right yeah and because you think about what are the characteristics of a high heel shoe, you know, like it, people say, you know, it lengthens your leg. It makes your leg look longer. So a Dorsey flat, you know, does that because it, it basically it it extends and makes your leg look longer when you're yeah. when you're wearing it. Um, the problem with Dorsey flats is that it typically is it, it doesn't stay on your foot very well. Yeah. But that's what so we develop this uh, this heel that it basically just it grab it grabs it grabs your heel like you know no other material really can do nice. which is really fun so it's kind of like people say oh, it's like a suction cup so this is actually like a force you know it stays on your foot the other thing is that it doesn't have this sort of rigid uh yeah i love that at the top so your foot it's much like a sock your toe right. you know so that basically it, it kind of just it just holds it, holds yeah. it on your, um, the other so thing, people like, don't get blisters on the back of their heel from right, that. Right. Yeah. Because it actually grabs. So it doesn't yeah. move as you walk. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So the only way it's going to move is if, if you've got too big of a size. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, but so if it, you know, you got the right size, you're, you're good to go. It, and, and then, you know, having the, the wide, uh, the wide toe area, I'll, I'll, uh, um, one of the, the reasons, I guess, one reason why um, there's a pointed toes and women's shoes is it's kind of out of convenience because it basically holds the shoe onto your foot because it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. an awful thought, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like squeezing. Um, so we've gotten around by having this, you know, this special knit material, this sort of mm -hmm. 3D knit material that just kind of, you know, holds hold, holds the the shoe on in combination with the heel, but still allowing like the, you know, the toes to, to do their thing. Um, so yeah, so this is our, this is our Dorsey flat and I'm just excited. Cause you know, we, we start, when I started off, I just want to make healthy shoes and um, you know, all we could really do is make sneakers um, and that, you know, that were perfectly flat, you know, but, it really took all this sort of technology and development to finally, you know, have like our very first dress shoe. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and of course that's, that's what I wanted since like, I guess, was it 1998 when I did the, you know, high heel shoe, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, what, what can you wear? That's going to be, that's going to be attractive. Right. Uh, wearing workplace and all that kind of stuff. Um, that, uh, 
that's going to actually be beneficial. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that's it. Then we, we also, we do have a ballet flat. Mm -hmm. We have two shoes, basically two shoes still that are made overseas, uh, just because we finally figured out how to do it in, um, in, in a sustainable way. Again, using knitting. So our ballet flat, uh, and our, our, uh, athletic shoe, I would say, or I guess I should, or all purpose shoe is actually all knit. It's, it's basically two pieces. It's the, the upper that's all knit is one piece, no seams, no waist. And then the sole that is uh, one piece and the adhesion is such that we just have no primers in it, just a, a water-based uh, adhesive that goes on the bottom. So it's, it's, it's the most sustainable, healthy way, I guess you could, you could possibly make a mass produced shoe. I love so. it. I, oh my gosh. I love it. And I'm like, Ooh, I just got new shoes. So I need to wait till they wear out my, my walking shoes. I don't run because of my flat feet, but, um, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to try those next. So, um, I am hard on shoes. Like I'm really hard on them. How do these hold up? So the, the soles are 3d printed ones. We just, they just don't wear out. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, crocheted on, they've got these holes in the sole mm -hmm. so never mm -hmm. pulled out. Um, yeah, we, you know, we talk about like, uh, you know, the, the stitching or the upper will wear out before will wear out before the sole for yeah. sure. Um, the, uh, our athletic shoes again, you know, they'll, they're the soles. These, these are molded. The ones that we make overseas, same material, but not 3d printed. Um, they'll have, I, I, you know, they, they wear, I guess like a typical shoe, you know, yeah. they'll wear, you know, eventually the tread will, will wear down. Um, I mean, but a long time, you know, and, 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 but here's the good thing is unlike like a running shoe or your typical athletic shoe that they use a compound called ethylene vinyl acetate EVA for short, um, that EVA compresses. And that's why they say, you know, you shouldn't wear your shoes more than certain, you know, hundreds of miles. It loses its spring, even though it doesn't right. really lose cushioning, whatever. Um, but the outsole typically looks good. So people just keep wearing them, which is like the worst. That's even worse than wearing a brand new pair of shoes is because now you've created these contours that are basically more supportive and uh, increase impact on your joints even further. Yeah. But our shoes don't do that because it's just, it's one material. It's a unit sole. It's not like a million pieces all put together. Yeah. And one and it just sort of wears out from the outside in. Wow. So it's, it gives you the same spring, same biomechanics through the entire life of the shoe. Nice. So nice. that's, to me, that's the most important thing. So yeah, you can go hundreds and hundreds of miles. And, um, you know, if you want to go a thousand or two, you'll get down to, you know, not much tread on there, but like, who cares? And we got people who wear our shoes who like have no problem with that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So uh, I'm going to put in the show notes, your website and how, how they can order shoes if they want to. And, and, you know, your bio and more information about it. Cause I just think it, it's great. Um, I like to ask my guests one last question. Um, and, and that is 
I like to ask, what advice would you give to women who are listening to this? So you could be talking about it from a physician perspective. You could be talking about it from a shoe perspective, you know, or just, you know, the fact that you saw a need and went out and figured out how to, how to fix it. Um, so, you, you know, it's really up to you, but what, what would you, what advice would you give? Well, I, I know this is like, you know, when people think that so I don't have an MBA, my, my husband though, he does, and he helps with the business, but you know, I really call the shots. Um, and if I were to listen to people who say, you know, all those things, like what you do for small business, what you, these are the things that you're supposed to do. And just, you know, thinking about your profits and all that garbage. Um, like I, I really couldn't do that. Um, everything I've done is really just been from the heart. I, I, it, it hasn't been about, you know, oh, we have to sell so many units this year. Like that, that's, I think one of the things, you know, business is like, you know, we got to get our revenues to be this. And then we have to see our growth do this and, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, as long as we can, we can keep getting by and, you know, keep keeping costs low, but as always doing things, you know, passionately, um, then I think we're good. And in that way, you know, it's like building, you know, these 3d printers. So it's like, I'm not saying, you know, we're going to buy these factories overseas or whatever, these huge, I'm just like, we build one printer at a time. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, getting that knitting machine was a big thing. We had grants from uh, the National Science Foundation. But again, you know, I just I think when 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 you kind of just think about just do something that you believe in, that you think is the right thing to do and don't worry about it, you're going to be happier, sort of more true to yourself and you know, I, I'm just so happy doing, you know, doing what I'm doing. So I, I think, yeah, maybe, you know, only about all that small business stuff, um, or like what is very, I don't know, sort of guy driven in my mind, you know, like a woman, <laughs> a woman, that's like everything we do is like what I think, like any, I don't know, like a woman would do the decisions I've made with sustainability is very, I don't know. That's just, it, it comes from the heart is, uh, you know, listening to your womanly motherly instincts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're exactly right. People, um, you know, for so long, um, even still decisions are made based on men. I mean, women weren't part of clinical trials until the 1980s. They're just now starting to introduce crash test dummies that are sized for a woman, you know, even the temperature of offices is based on the average male and, um, and it's cooler than what women would put it at, um, because they're, they run warmer, um, you know, I don't know, there's science behind it. And, and so, you know, I, I think as women, we are on the cusp of really making significant changes and, and, being galvanized, unfortunately, by some of the changes that are happening in our society and 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 in government that are changing our rights, um, you know, is is part of what's galvanizing women. I mean, I look at 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 
you know, the girls who disappeared in Iran because they were dancing and how girls in Afghanistan can't go to school. And, you know, like all these things that are happening across the globe, um, you know, to women is, mm-hmm. is frightening. Um, and what's happening in our country is frightening. Um, and so I think that women are, I hope, you know, we're at a point where we're saying enough is enough. We're going to, we're going to change some things here. Um, and, and I like, I like the fact that you are making decisions based on what's right for you and what's right in your heart, not necessarily yeah. what business practice says you should do or shouldn't do. So yeah. I think that's fabulous. Casey, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. It, oh my yeah. gosh, it's been so interesting. And like I said, you totally took everything I've been told for a long, long time and just flipped it on its ear. And so I'm like, I can't wait to get my shoes and start wearing them and see how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Queens of Moxie podcast. I hope that you found it inspirational and that it helps you to think about how you can step into joy and live your authentic life. And remember, we have a weekly email so that you don't miss any of these episodes. Plus, it starts your Monday out with an inspirational quote and a beautiful image. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to queensofmoxie.com and click on Weekly Inspiration. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.